When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man. Wow, man, freak out! You're listening to the Brenton on Tour podcast. That's right. He travels the world running concerts and searches for the best coffee, people, and amazing stories so you don't have to. Pay attention, you're going to learn something for a change. This is a show about all of those things and much, much more. You're blowing my mind right now. This is, I hope someone's recording this. So settle in for a cup of amazing coffee. He's a coffee snob, by the way. Crank that ghetto blaster and enjoy the 150,000 ranked podcast in the land. Ah, safe laugh. Hiding real pain. I think that's an exaggeration. It's the Brenton on Tour podcast. Any questions? Here's BD. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brenton on Tour podcast. Hope you're enjoying the new season so far. Uh, big thanks to my friend Ryan uh, from Mother Mother and Goldmouth last week. Uh, an amazing tour experience with those guys. And uh, great things ahead for him. He's got a solo project coming out, which was um, he was super excited about, as you can tell. The band is blowing up Europe-wise, doing amazing business. So super stoked. Vancouver band. Uh, that has done amazing things. And I appreciate you guys tuning in for the brand new season of the Brenton on Tour podcast. Uh, lots of guests ahead. And it's been a real uh, blast kind of settling back in after, you know, six weeks of touring and being able to talk to some of my old friends. Now, one of the cool things that happened to me many, many moons ago, uh, one of my first country tours that I ever, ever did was this, was was with my guest uh, and his band, Emerson Drive. One of the Best touring experiences I've ever had. Uh, I mean, a, a member of the band was cooking for us daily. Uh, nicest guys in the world. And it was just such a great experience for me. And I'd done a handful of country over the time. And I'd heard in infamy about how awesome country tours were and how nice everybody is. And these guys didn't disappoint. So one of the busiest guys uh, at the time, and that was like 10 years ago, who's doubled down on his busy schedule and uh welcome danik from emerson drive how are you sir good to see you again oh thanks good thank, thanks for having me yeah man it's, it's funny, been a long time i haven't seen you a long, long time. time yeah it's nice to see your, your face again and, I, it, I, and of all the things that we've that I've, I've toured and, and you know been around I've, I've crossed you know the 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 land quite a lot over the last you know couple of years and i I've never reconnected with you guys. I never, you know, you're either in Vancouver and I'm not there or you, I just miss you in Regina or I, or I'm in Nashville yeah, and like you guys aren't around. It's never, it never lines up. And it's uh <laughs> so now with this wonderful world of podcasting, we get to catch up with people, uh, you know, live and in person and all the rest of it. And, and as best we can, but you've got a great story. Uh, you're producing like crazy. There's tons of stuff that we're, that we'll get into today. But most importantly, you're back to playing shows. You're coming to me from your studio for those watching at home. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, tell everybody who you are and what you've been up to, and uh, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, my name is Danny Dupel. I play in a band, Emerson Drive. And uh, I also uh, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I've been here for 22 years. Uh, I have the studio here in Berry Hill and I'm uh, producing a lot on the side. Well, my mainly is my, my main focus now. I'm producing a lot of artists and country uh, music and um, uh, some you probably heard. So we'll uh, definitely uh, go and talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, did you, I mean, we're going to get into the making it portion of this. This show is obviously entitled the Brenton on Tour podcast, but I have different series going throughout it. Uh, in this particular case, we're talking making it because you would fit that candidacy. You you would fit that bill. I mean, you've been nominated for Grammy. You guys uh, toured the world. Shania Twain. You've you've produced countless bands. So we're going to get into sort of like various versions of making it. But the record producing business for you 
seems to have really started dominating your life, at least, you know, in the last 10 years since I've been following you and what you've been doing and you're consistently posting stuff. Um, Vibe Recordings is the name of your studio, correct? Yep. Yep. That's what's going on. And then you've been, uh, you know, you've been kind of going through that. Has that always been in your world as far as production goes? Uh, did that start for you as production? or did you kind of No, it starts production. It's like really like I kind of fell into it. Well, when we, with Emerson Drive, like back in the day when we first got signed, like everybody was like, uh, not a lot of band played on their own records in country music. Always a bunch of, there's so many great session guys here in town. A lot of times they use some of the session guys and, you know, and you went on tour and played those songs. But uh, DreamWorks at the time were really adamant about us to play our, our, own, our own stuff and not using session guys. So I was always the one leaving last at the studio because I play guitar, you got to layer a bunch of guitars. And after that, I had to sing backup vocals. So I'm mm-hmm. always, I was always at the studio. Drummer played his track, gone. Singer sang his lead, gone, right? But I'm always there sticking around. So I kind of start falling and like, I'm, I kind of like being in the studio. I, I love it. So, and that's sort of like, took a while to really get, get back it, get back on it because, you know, we played, made a record and after that we didn't go back to the studio for two years because we're touring. And it was always a, looking forward to getting into the studio. So when we start, when the band starts slowing down on the road a little bit, I start writing more and the writing aspect of brought me into making my own demos, like producing my own demos and start like getting into that, that world of recording. And, and it's, you know, it's like baby step. You start with a little acoustic demo and like, Oh my God, that sounds good. That's kind of cool. And it went to, to producing artists now. And it's, it was a pretty much a 15 year, 15 years process, but still learning every day. (laughs) Well, and the technology is changing so much, but I would imagine the core of it is is relatively the same but you have to stay on top of it and stay kind of ahead of it and and all the rest of it so uh i can't like i wanted to be a producer when i when i was in high school i was like and you know i'm i'm searching uh, fanshawe college in london and like well you need to go you need to get an electric you need to get an electronics course so you need to learn the ones and the zeros and i'm like oh Okay. So I do that and I fail miserably and I'm like, okay, I didn't understand that. I go to Long McQuaid, buy a little eight track recorder. And I'm like, well, that didn't go well. People think it's just pressing a button and going. I'm sure it's gotten a little bit easier, but there's more to production than just pressing buttons and moving knobs. I mean, you're involved in songwriting. You're involved in moving things around. I've talked to a few producers over the years. Obviously I've been fascinated with it. Um, I think we're around the same age. We grew up in that that magazine rock star thing, and I would be the I would be the one that would always check the credits and see who was producing and what that would be, and then you would start seeing a theme of different producers on all those hair metal bands, at least that I followed, and yeah. things like that. Um, and I was fascinated by that process. So, is that you? Were you fascinated by that? I was saying, yeah, of course. Like every time, like you know, buy CDs or even those records back then, like you you always look inside in the pamphlet and look at who produced it. Then like, Oh my God, go back and listen to other stuff. And then you start hearing that sound, like just talking about Mutt Lang. I mean, you, you know, his sound and what he's done. And it's just like, when I first met him was like, Oh my God, it's one of my heroes. Right. So uh, it was pretty, uh, you know, that got me into with uh, also a friend of mine, David Kalmuski that uh, really taught me a lot. And, uh, of uh, how producing and how engineer, being an engineer and how to do everything and learning how to mix, learning how to, like I'm talking editing and everything. So um, always like, uh, you know, that's how I said, like I said, when I started writing, it was more about, okay, how can I make this sound like a real song that could be heard on the radio? And it was like, um, okay, well, listen to this, listen, get influenced by this, by that, and try to come up with your own sound also and your ideas. And But, you know, like being in, in the city here in Nashville, I mean, there's so many great producers and players and session guys. You're learning every day, and there's no one, I don't think there's another town like Nashville for that. And um, so, I mean, on that street where I'm at right now, like, uh, you know, John Aries got a suit across the street, uh, Blackbird's down at the end of the street, and you're surrounded with creativity every day and it's really, really inspiring. 
and it's just competitive, but also competitive inspiring. in a good way. Everybody right. wants to help each other. Like every hey, hey man, uh, can I? Is it cool? Can I borrow your microphone for this? Can I buy this? What you've been working on? Oh, this is really cool. I'll try this and try that, and everybody's helping each other. That's yeah. what's cool about this town. So the process to writing um, songs with an artist, like I mean, there's various probably levels of um, production that people don't or aren't aware, or at least do you have a definition of what a producer is? Um, it's almost like, like us, if I go back as Emerson drive, we need, I mean, we could have produced ourselves, but you need somebody that stands out and try to guide everything because being six guys, I mean, it's a lot of cook and cooks in the kitchen. Right. So, I mean, you try to, somebody that's going to lead and it's, it, I think a producer is like a leader and, uh, and, and he inspires you to be the best you can be and sound the best you can be. Um, and uh, so you just like try to understand who, what, what the artist's sound is and understand what he likes, what's his favorite artist he listens to and all that stuff. And you try to, try to, try to, I don't know what would be the word I'm, uh, end of the day, usually my French just comes out, so it's hard to find words. But um, try to find <laughs> a, a, the his sound and try to really like respect his sound. And so you, you know, because yeah, we ha you have in, in country music right now. There's so many genres of what country is. There's your traditional. There's like your pop country. There's more rock stuff, and it's very very wide. So can you give us can you give us an example? Uh, I know in my head what's there but for you like as an example it's like well this artist for sure is traditional this one is more rock country this one is is a, a different level of country because there's there's you know there is like any genre of music you've got pop and it's like ariana yeah. versus rihanna versus you know uh christina you've got metallica versus megadeth versus slayer you've got you know, oh, yeah. all the, the stamp comedians that are that are different. So country has its 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 various various forms, and some people like this style more than like I'm more of a bit of a traditionalist. So for yeah. me, I'm a little bit more into to um, the traditional style. At least that's what I grew up on. I mean, it was the Willie and the the Whalen and all that stuff. Yeah. But do you do you have an example like examples that where oh. you're like definitely can this this and this this is these are like the yeah, three most popular uh, last night, I mean, Stapleton was playing a uh, pilgrimage festival in, in Franklin. So I yeah. feel like Stapleton really owns that traditional raw country music and his vocal is amazing. And after that, you go, you can go completely over here uh, left and you got uh, Sam Hunt and you got, it could be Jamie Allen, it could be, uh, you know, Tebe's pop country, and but also falls a little bit on the traditional and it's and you got and oh my god it's, there's so many it's hard to think um but after that you got luke combs that kind of touched that 90s country right so i feel like who i'm producing right now tyler joe miller we had a lot of success he's kind of in canada that luke combs kind of kind of style of country and that guy right there and um yeah. and also Matt Lang has a little bit of that Luke Combs thing, but he falls into the Dwight Yoakam sound, sound, and the Bakersfield sound mixed with his stuff. And it's, I kind of like it. I do it all. I, I produce any kind of style in that country genre, and I love it. And that's what's cool. But my my, I grew up listening to Merle Haggard and Buck Owens, and that's what I grew up on. So it's funny. When this we is wrote, Matt. This is Matt too, right? Yeah, this is Matt. And when we wrote uh, one of Matt's big single called Getcha, had a, I wrote that with Tebe and Kelly Archer and Matt. And uh, it has a little bit of that Bakersfield Dwight Yoakam to it and Buck Owens, but also with a pro, like more of a, a modern production. But it was fun when I picked up my Telecaster. It kind of brought me back to the Buck Owens and Don Rich guitar stuff that I did. And it was like, oh, this is so cool. I mean, I'm, it's so, so inspiring, so much fun doing that stuff. I mean, I miss it. But uh, I, you know, I, like today I'm working, I was working on something today that was like more uh, on the Justin Moore kind of vibe. And after that, Tebe showed up and working on, showed up for like a half an hour to, on a song that we're writing right now. And it's got a little bit more pop stuff, like could be a sand hop thing or. So 
it's fun. It's busy. Yeah. <laughs> it's I imagine that would be a challenge like anything. And, and I, going back to your point about the, the role of the producer and I had the diesel on a couple months ago and he was talking about, um, there's no A&R right now. So there's no one to say no. So everyone's producing some stuff, but there still needs to be some kind of A&R work where people go, you know, it's no one's saying no to anybody right now. Like everyone's, or at the very least that A&R position seems to have vanished in some cases. Um, and I'm curious when you're putting something together like this and you, you're artists that you're talking about, you're trying to find out the genre that they like, you're trying to find out who they're influenced by. Um, yeah. But you've got to take your Grammy nomination, your mm-hmm. awards, you, you've got to take, you know, the things that you've accomplished, you know, like, like this and put it in and still try to convince them that and not necessarily your way is the best way, but you might know what you're talking about. And with country being so vast and to yeah. your point about, about like, well, it's it, traditional country with a pop flair. It's like, God, you got to walk these lines to really get but it at right. The end of the day, at the end of the day, the song, it, you got to have a good song. When you have a really good song, it just kind of like, it's so, it's not easy it just gets easier because your ideas comes from left to right and that and it just falls into place especially when tyler tyler joe miller writes a lot of his own music and you just i soon you start saying just i know what to do with this and again what you're talking about like so many different way uh you have to have the trust yeah and the experience of you know i mean with tyler joe i mean he uh he came out during pandemic and mm-hmm. his first single out of the box number one in canada i was like oh my god that's great second song number one i mean okay cool we we got we got a sound we got something and it's working so we try to follow and try to keep going with that and it was the same thing with matt and and tebe too i mean like if i go to tebe now we're in pop and uh more pop country and things have been going crazy with them with denim on denim and uh, I mean, uh, it's, uh, happened on a Saturday night. Um, you know, it's just like, um, it's, it's, I'm having a blast. I'm loving it. Yeah. I, love, I love being in this room. Uh, you know, everybody, so loves, like, my worst day of the week is Sunday. I, I hate Sundays because I come to this neighborhood and nobody's working. I'm the only one like going to the studio and being creative. Right. But when Monday comes around, I mean, you see all those studios on that street all packed there yeah. all there's so many people and you just feel the energy i just just love it uh so you come out and you try sound you try new sounds and you got like new, the new technology of finding like like sample of something and you mix it around with sign and you oh hey i got something cool here oh cool let's try that let's ride around this it's almost there's lightning no, in a bottle it's almost no lightning in a bottle anymore. yeah you know there's no well i and I, I would say i would agree with that because i have uh you know, country, like anything else, like, uh, and I'll walk this carefully because I'm just trying, I'm not trying to make too many comparisons, but like in the eighties, when you had your poisons and your skid rows and your warrants, there was a spot where it was like everything, like, you know, you had your kind of leaders and then things started, you know, from there, it was like every band, uh, rock song, ballad, uh, rah, 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 go out and play and, and all the rest of it. And, and mm-hmm. that's been every genre of music and country for a while, I was personally, from a listener standpoint, at least over the last 10 years, was finding the formula relatively the same. Um, I think that Stapleton performance with with Timberlake kind of changed, that changed it a bit because that was like, who is this guy? That opened up this whole thing of, oh, well, there's this other side of country and traditional country that's out there as well. And um, I think it's fascinating because now, I'm hearing more styles of country than I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like I'm just hearing all these different, different styles. And that's gotta be exciting for somebody. And like you know what bring, brings it, what brings it to that? I think that opens that door that it's called, it's called country. It's about the lyrics, right? The lyrics is, that's what country music is. It's, you know, feel like you're, it's like a very conversational. You feel like you're with your buddies and drinking beer and it's really chill and it's really fun. And, uh, and I think with that, you just change the production a little bit. You still have a country song, but the production goes completely left. And it's cool. I think it's cool. 
Can you can you answer? And then we'll get into the band and, and a few things. But I, want, I actually have a question for you about uh, the country writing process because I've heard about the Nashville country writing scene. Um, so part one is of this is when you're with an artist and they come to the table, you're like, I think we can adjust that lyric a little bit, or we can do this, or we can do that. That's maybe you one on one with the artist. But then I've heard this other side, where there's like ten songwriters on one song. Yeah. Which is the same as pop or or whatever, oh, yeah. but is like, that what is that process for country? Um, and country, I mean, the, the the typical of way of writing here, and it's been like that for a long time. I personally think uh, if you, let's just go back about ten years ago, you wrote a song with an acoustic, pick up my acoustic guitar, and when, there's two other guys, three way, uh, three way split, and we just write a song, and after that. Well, our publishers or whatever, the publisher, the other writer, if somebody didn't have publishing, but somebody had a publishing. So they go, okay, well, we have a demo budget. So let's go to a studio down the street. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to have a slot for us for uh, from like uh, 10 to 10.30. Let's cut our song. They'll cut the song. You pay, you pay demo budget, and you have a song. And now with that, you pitch it. Hmm. And you have, yeah, right? So every, every publisher split the cost. Now it all changed. It's, it changed quite a bit. Now there's, in every room pretty much now, there's somebody that's going to be the track guy. So with, uh, with the technology that we have today, with programming drums, that sounds like a real drum kit. That sounds like somebody played it for real in the studio. You have those like plugins that can make that happen. And so this track guy will be here and start making, like putting a, a template together of a groove, a beat with yeah. a, something like a pad machine, whatever. And if I go into like, oh, let me grab my guitar. I'm going to put some guitars in. Now you have, you listen to something in the speakers with a beat and you get influence. Now lyrics are starting to flow. And so a lot of times, because this is what I do, I'm the track guy in a writing session. So if Tebe and my friend Jimmy are in the back, behind me just start going with melodies and, and lyrics and i'm like in there just putting my headphones on and keyboard and playing some stuff and after that I said, hey look i got this here oh this is cool okay cool well that brings me an idea yeah. for this course so you don't really have about like the uh the, demo the full band, band. the full more, band anymore yeah and after you've done this writing day you a lot if you finish the song you pretty much have a demo hmm. right so pretty somebody lives uh, leaves with at least an incredible work tape. And after that, maybe like I'm talking about Tebe because I write so much with him. He said, hey, let me come back. Uh, I'll come back tomorrow and maybe we'll play a, vo a really good vocal on this. I said, yeah, no problem. Let's do that. And I lose a vocal and I found edit vocals and I start mixing it. And, and after that, you pretty much have like, like, this is funny. We Tebe last year wanted to do a, trip, a writing trip. So me and my friend uh, Jimmy Thao and Tebe went to Tulum, Mexico. Hmm. So I brought my backpack and I put my little Genelec speaker in the backpack and my little interface and brought an electric and an acoustic. We went with an SM7 microphone and went to Tulum. We wrote this song. We kind of we went out. And this is a funny story. We kind of went out and it was like we probably drank some bad water, <laughs> had some bad ice. We kind of got a little sick and yeah. we wrote this song. What was I drinking last night? And that was a, a single for Tebe. And when like in Canada, but <laughs> I did the whole thing at the at the dining table uh, in uh, in Tulum and brought the song, brought the files back to the studio. I'm like, I don't have to do much here. Let's just yeah. re-sing it because you sang it in the kitchen. I got better yeah. microphones, but that's it. And you have the song was pretty much like done. Was I just had to mix it? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's amazing it's how cool. something like that comes together, you know? It's, 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 yeah, it's just, yeah, what was I drinking? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
But uh, um, yeah, I don't know if it touched really your question, but the the, the writing- no, I did, and absolutely is because there's different methods of like you know of production, and there's different methods of songwriting and and all the rest of it. And my whole thing was that I'd heard for years that you know without giving too much away or all the rest of it that there was a point there where you know you, you hear the rumblings nothing comes out of nashville unless these 10 guys are on it or nothing you know and i think that that's changed a that bit obviously happened, over the years. but there's yeah. a lot so much new people coming to town now that's yeah. so more so it's a lot wider now you got a bunch of uh, there's a few uh like pop publishers that are in town now there's a lot of pop has been right, uh, written here so yeah but again, you will have like I. It could happen, and I got this track going, and, we, and after a while, we just like can't figure out what we should do with this. And then what? What if we bring so and so to jump in the song? We will bring so and so to jump in the song, and if we can make it better, we'll make it better. We'll just split it with more people. It doesn't matter. As long as we have a hit. As long as you got a hit. Oh. <laughs> uh, take me back to the beginning of this here. So um, you did mention that today is the, 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 the unfortunately, the anniversary of the passing of your bass player yep. um, from years ago. But um, since then, you guys have um, carried on and, and, you've, mm-hmm. and, you've, and you've played a lot of stuff. So um, sorry for the loss. I'm sure it hurts oh. every year, but, um, but uh, kudos on, on, pressing ahead and and um still putting music out and and playing for your fans so tell me a little bit about take me back to a little bit of the beginning here of emerson drive which again i can't reiterate one of my favorite touring experiences i've ever ever had and i'm a rock guy i'm a metal guy people wouldn't think that i would i would enjoy a country tour as much but i'm telling you uh, all the country tours i've done from you to dirks um and all the rest of it have been wonderful. So mm-hmm. tell me a bit on the Emerson Drive, what you guys have been up to, and sort of how, where the how did this whole thing come together? Um, well, uh, we we just like, well, we're still recording music. Uh, we just released something on Spotify not too long ago uh, called Every Girl That Got Away. Um, we're, uh, we started playing this year after the pandemic. That was kind of fun. You know, it's it really weird. I mean, we, I, I didn't, I didn't go on tour for three years. I'm like, crazy. Jesus, how am I going to, okay, what do I do here? <laughs> I haven't played those songs in so long. And you know, there's still, there was a part of me, like I was touring so much with Emerson Drive since like late nineties to up to now, like before pandemic, we played so much. And we're like, there was 10 years we play over 275 shows a year. It was like crazy. And now that we, I just spent three years at home sleeping in my own bed. I was like, oh my God, do I want to go back on the road? I, I, don't, I just don't know how to do that anymore. So anyway, we, know, we got some days, we'll go play them. And so we went and did a rehearsal. We, the first, like the first day back in June, I got on stage and I'm like, huh. That's fun. I remember how fun. This is awesome. I, fr- I, I love playing. I freaking love playing. It's just like, you know, maybe I'm not, uh, I wouldn't like to go back on the road 275 days a year, but I mean, to sure. give me that, that little uh, fix, like every year to do about 10 to 15 shows, I'm all about it. Uh, but definitely the studio get, uh, it was, uh, it was hard to leave but not only that i'm a little older so go on the road and just do a one-off here and a one-off there i'm back at the chiropractor for three days but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and tra- you know and traditionally from a touring standpoint like country are generally weekend warriors anyways i mean it's rare that you get this like world tour happening yeah, yeah, which yeah. which uh, walk me through that but you guys broke on Shania, correct? Or you broke before and Shania took you out? With the success that we had prior to that, got us to tour with Shania. And it was like the perfect timing, her going back on tour again with the up tour. Um, But if I could go back to how it all started with Emerson Drive, I mean, we're just a band called 12 Gauge at the time out in Grand Prairie. And uh, the manager was, uh, was looking at signing them. He was uh, Jerry Lysky, was the manager for uh, uh, Farmer's Daughter at the time out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the guys needed a guitar player. And uh, so he said, you want to go check it out? I said, yeah, I'll go check it out. I'm interested in signing them. So I went and met the guys and went to Grand Prairie. And I'm like, well, as soon as I heard Brad's voice, and at the time it was Chris Hartman on keyboards. And my, my harmonies, the three of us, I was like, oh, my God. There's something special here. I don't know what it is, but there's like a connection. 
I, I really believe that we could like uh, go to Nashville and get a record deal. And mm-hmm. so they, that's when our drummer came in, Mike Melanson, 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 uh, came, uh, came about in uh, 2000. We uh, head down to Nashville and uh, did a bunch of showcases and got, got a rec- got signed to uh, DreamWorks Records. And um, so after that, we released the first single came out 2001. And uh, f- we got a top a number two on Billboard with the first single, and the second single, the same thing, hit number two. And after that, like, uh, we're nominated for CCMAs and winning C- Canadian Country Music Awards, nominated for an ACM. And that I think that's what triggered that Chennai Twain tour because we, um, yeah, the ACMs were in April, I think around April, or at the time, I think we did the uh, we. We got nominated for an ACM and we won for top no new vocal group and we're going accepting the awards and Shania is in the front row. Right. So at the end of that, we knew she was going to go on tour, but I've heard from our agencies and there's no way any nice you guys are not going to be on that tour. It's not going to happen. Okay, whatever. Mm. So we get backstage and on the way we leave, Patrick, our bass player, that's he started talking to Shania in French because she was learning French and uh, she had a kid with mine and they were teaching him French. So there was a kind of a bit of a connection. And well, she was very super nice. And uh, the way we go, we go back on the road this summer. In September, we go to CCMAs and we won a couple of words again. And she's sitting there and like, and this after that, we got the phone call and said, hey, um, we just got the call that you guys could you want to open for Shania for three shows? I said, well, where? I said, Hamilton, Toronto, and Ottawa. Yeah, let's do it. I said, there's no date in the States yet? And he said, no, this is this artist, James Otto, that's got it in the States. I'm like, okay, whatever. And we do the first three shows. And I remember the first show, we there was no sound check. It was the first show of her tour, up tour. So she hasn't done the tour yet. So like the sound check went forever. And um, Mott Lang was there. Had like just make sure everything was sounding right and after the we got on stage like people were already sitting in their seat and would just plug it in and <laughs> started playing no sound check it our ears was like ah it's, it's not all right but after that we got done and and who comes back in uh in one of the dressing rooms and we hear a knock on the door and it's Mutt. say so, hey, i'm just want to introduce myself i'm not lying i'm like yeah I know, <laughs> didn't meet you. But here's the, the kicker is that we had a song on our first record called Only God Could Stop Me Loving, Loving You that he wrote. Uh-huh. And he comes and says, hey, I just want to introduce myself. And I was like, listening to you guys play, it sounded killer. And I thought, I know this song. He said, oh, I wrote it. And I'm like, cool. Well, he said, just want to let you know, it's like, it's no sound check today. I'll make sure tomorrow you get a guy, guy's got a good sound check. So we get to have uh, to Ottawa or, or Toronto, I can remember. And he goes, uh, we had like a two hour sound check. I'm like, unbelievable. Like really they, that never happens. Right. And um, we did the two shows and, and after that was done, she went back and did, I think uh, she was playing in New York or a couple of on the East coast in the States. And my, like three weeks later, we hear get another phone call saying, hey, you guys want to do the whole tour? I'm like, wow. oh, my God. Yeah, it was it's amazing. And it was uh, really, it was the best tour we ever done. I mean, that would have been a time that you that you sold records, like where people actually sold records, too. Yeah. So I guess my question, so were you at a number and then you did that tour and then it was a way bigger number? I mean, I know that it sounds was, like it's dumb. It, it was, uh, I got to say that, uh, to be very honest with you, is a weird timing because that's when DreamWorks and Universal and MCA all start merging together. Right. So a lot of stuff changed. and But again, the fan base that we got from that tour was like unbelievable. Like, uh, I mean, with that tour, we did the North America twice hmm. in that same tour in the fall and in the spring. And summer, so yeah, the fan base went crazy. It was amazing. I mean, to be able to to uh, you know like reach out to to what's twenty four thousand people in those arenas, especially Montreal. It was the biggest one. It was twenty six thousand, I think, because she had a Sanders stage. Oh yeah, yeah. So we, it was it was incredible. And but you know, just 
the experience of that tour was just to see how big of a machine she was and how well treated we were treated. Like, like amazing. Uh, I mean, she had what, like, you know, those tours, you've done those on like 90 employees mm -hmm. traveling with her. Well, then you have to take some of that and you want to pay it forward. And then the artists that yeah. are opening for you as you go through, it's like you want to, you know, but there's still business to be done. So you got to yeah. walk that line. Not to mention when you do a tour like that, that's in the round, that's different than end stage. Oh, yeah. So you've got like, I mean, I don't know what restrictions they put on you, but Here's sometimes. What's amazing is that we asked her, what can we, because we had like, we had to, we couldn't play full band electric, but we're allowed to have a drummer. So our drummer had a set, but it was like in the middle, there was a platform in the middle of the, uh, the stage that went yeah. around. So we were setting up up there and, and we asked the first show, so what's, what can we do? What can we not do? Cause, oh, just run everywhere. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for, um, we cut, we redid a version of like the devil went down to Georgia. Yeah, that Charlie Daniel song on our record, and uh, so Brad and Brad and the fiddle players were on wireless, just running all over the stage. We had access to everything. They didn't mind. It was like unbelievable. Like a lot of times, as you know, like you're not allowed to step over this. You're not allowed to use yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Use that, right? I think in that experience, though, you know, you guys are the preview for what's to come, regardless. So you know, <clears throat> if you are running around the stage and I mean, that only helps ticket sales and yeah, not that she would have ever had a hard time selling tickets. What I'm saying is, is that people don't know what they're, they're going around Metallica in the round, like all these bands do in the round, but it's like you go there not knowing what to expect. And that would have been before kind of the internet ish, but the blow up that mm -hmm. we're in yeah. now, as far as that goes. So the only thing that's getting that word out on that is we went and saw them and Emerson drive were amazing and they're running all over the stage, but not only that, but people will visualize what Shania is going to be like up there while we're watching you. And it only helps her. And totally. I think a, you know, a lot of artists, you know, I remember I heard this story about kiss one time where, where, um, and it might've changed, but the idea was like, what can we do and what can't we do? And I think the idea was, do whatever the hell you want. It'll never be as big as us, but go ahead. Exactly. Like, it was just <laughs> like, you, you can, you can blow up 10 things. We'll blow up 1000. So it's fine. Exactly. Like there was no, th there was no threat but from the opener. You know there, um, but you know, there's a lot of artists that don't want to let the uh, opener to do anything. And you know, understood. that's one thing we grabbed from her. We got from her is that, you know, the, the opener, give her, give him the chance to do this. Give, give, give him that chance to access that stage and have the dream to get there eventually hopefully yeah. and if you treat it well when you're at the bottom you're gonna treat people well when you're at the top absolutely you. and just another tour not getting off of shania a little bit we did um uh big and rich across canada uh, like i think it was 10 shows across the west canada and uh that's one thing i will remember from uh big and rich is that when we played grand prairie because the band came from there john knew about and john and big kenny knew that were from there so they said hey uh tonight just don't guys just hang out like while we're doing our show and they said like they brought us back on stage and i said we want you guys to do two more songs but use all the platform and do everything and Amazing. do two extra song and they sat on stage with us and uh they brought some shots and we had a big party and they said you know what tim McGraw did that to us a long time ago we want to pay forward right and amazing that's what I think touring and headlining should be. Artists that are headlining should treat the the newcomers like the right way and try to get them to feel that like you know what, you can get there. You'll you'll be able to get there one day, and it's going to be a blast. You right. just keep feeding feeding the machine, which is great because everyone yeah. will talk about that for years to come. And that happens in all. Yeah, that's not just music, friends. That's every single prof <laughs> profession in the world. You know, yeah. I mean, someone taught taught. You have people that you've learned from from a music production side of it. Some kid's gonna come in there like myself that failed electronics and <laughs> can't work an eight track or recorder. But all of a sudden, you're like, well, I was there once and here's what you need to do. And it's a little like, uh, it's just pay it forward all the way yeah, around. All it, the, trust I, me, it's a, it's a great thing. 
it's the same thing in production here, like producing. I learned so much from my friend David Kalamaski. Like I learned everything. He showed me everything yeah. I know. And uh, and after that, I went on my own and did my thing. And now I got like other people coming by. Hey, I'm having trouble. Do you, is it cool if I go and hang for a couple of days? And I just want to watch you work. Yeah. Of course. And I'm going to sh- show everything. I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, he's going to do what he's going to do. It's not going to sound like me. Because I don't know what he's going to do, which song he's working on. But at least if I can help him out. Like somebody helped me before, so I need to help somebody yeah. else. And that's just, that's how it, it goes. There's room for everybody. There's totally. room for everybody. Yeah. Uh, okay, I will get to uh, last two here, and then I'll let you go. Uh, we're on the Making It series here. So I want to get your definition of making it. So... Um, <laughs> Let me just find it. So the idea basically being everyone has their sort of like goals and dreams that they've gone after and everyone and things change over the years and you've opened for Shania and you've done all the things, but what is your definition of making it? Well, I could be, I could go for, talk about it for a long time or it could be very quick. Um, I feel that making it to me is, uh, be able to pay, be able to live making music. And it's really not easy. It's really hard. You got it. Some people have like extremely, extremely success, like making a lot of money. And we know a lot of those people, but at the end of the day is that is, are you able to live making music full time? And after that, loving every day of it, because at the end of the day, to me, I think making music, is I'm not working a day in my life right now. I'm ha- I'm playing my guitar for a living. I mean, it's I, I'm so grateful for that, and you know, work my ass off to try to to do that and keeping doing it. It's not over. It's never over. Like you always say, the hardest thing I think about making it is try to stay on top as long as you can. It's the hardest thing ever. But making it like it could be very like oh yeah i want to if i i think i made it if i was nominated for a grammy or if i won a grammy or if i won some awards it doesn't have to be that it's you're making it if you're making music every day i think is like it doesn't have to be all the like be rich and it has nothing to do with that i think it's by making music um i know i i have the the luxury of getting up in the morning and driving and go for breakfast and if i come here and come to work and and come play um, it's 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 very uh humbling uh to be able to do that every day it's not it's not easy but if you can find a way to make music every day i think you're making it every day and after that try to stay out there right but if you, if you get satisfied you're gonna go backwards i think you always got to keep pushing forward Absolutely. You got new tricks, new watch. There's no shame on like, I buy a bunch of videos of different producer. I'm some subscription. I got subscription to like a bunch of like website that see people mix songs. And some of my friends that are mixing songs and I watch them and I, you know, they're going to do one little thing that I, I know how to do this, but I didn't know how to do this in that particular place in that, in mixing. Or that little trick there. Oh my God, never thought of this. But mm-hmm. just those little things like that will keep you fresh. And so I, you never, in, in what I do, you never stop learning and you spend a lot of money on gear. And yes, and especially with the ever evolving, as we discussed, the ever evolving uh, process of country music and, and just the different feelings and trends i was just in vegas for like 10 days and you know they have that bar losers at mgm and it's all country bands from nashville and they kind of play the same 15 20 songs or whatever over the night and people kind of partying and doing the whole thing but the theme is you know everyone's partying having a great time you know it's such a good vibe and everyone's just loving life and and doing it so um it's it's kind of interesting and then they'll throw in a new song and people still react the same way. Mm. Maybe it might not be like friends in low places, you know, <laughs> where, where it's like the, the drinking song of drinking songs. But as you touched on lyrically, it always seems to connect people, which is the, mm. the big thing about country music. So I think you answered the question, but has Danik Tapel made it? 
Oh, I know. Still trying. I, I don't know. I, you know, there's like, I think it goes uh, about if I made it, like I'm making a living and I'll, I, today and I have to keep to making a living tomorrow. So uh, I have goals. I think every, everybody should put themselves some goals out there. And uh, could it be any goals? It's, it's about, and there's no bad goals. It's whatever fits you. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I've been in this business. I've been with the band 25, 25 years. Uh, right there, I think I may. Uh, I was able to to make it. I guess in the band, we got a lot of success over the years, um, and we're still together with all the ups and downs that we went through. Uh, and that's that's longevity is the hardest thing to do in this business. Because you know the lifespan of an artist, a lot of times is like, oh, if you get good a good five years, you're you're lucky. But if you can be able to go beyond that, I mean, my God, it's uh, it's 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 amazing. But um, yeah, having goals. If I made it, um, I can't. It's I don't think I can answer that. I'm not done yet. So, no, that's yeah. a great that's a great answer. And I guess uh, you're you're gonna keep some of those close to you. But is there one thing still, one definite major thing still on your list? Oh, uh, you know, because I write songs and I write uh, and I produce music now a lot more than I play live. Uh, you know, there's some of those bucket lists that you love to check. And, you know, of course, I'd love to have a number one song I've written. It doesn't matter if you're in, of course, in the States or Canada. I got clothes in Canada, number two. Maybe yeah. we find having one song. I write those like just say like, hey, I was able to do that and achieve that. And um, you know, it's I don't think those are just like I I I just want to keep I want to be able to do this in my my late seventies, eighties. <laughs> I want to keep playing music. I want to be able to do yeah. this, right? Yeah. That's that's what I love doing. I, I it's um. If I'm able to sustain that, it'd be amazing. So. Well, I think your trajectory is moving. Keep keep at it, kid. Huh? Keep Not at it. Me. You know, never mind the stadium shows in the arenas. <laughs> You're gonna do it. You keep it up. So you know, I'm, like, I, I, I'm living through more now. I'm more excited about the people I produce, and that you can get some hits on yeah. the radio, and they get a chance to uh, headline an arena tour, and that's that's like um, makes me so happy that I help. Uh, a fraction of yeah. their music to get there. And uh, this well, is, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's part of, it's like anything. It's like a, someone that might not have uh, won the Stanley Cup. And I can't, everyone has their own definition to me as a, you know, for, formerly in a band and who's in music in a different thing. You, you in your head, you're like, I'm going to play in front of millions of people. We're going to have gold records on the wall, but it's like, there is something just as satisfying as somebody that you taught to do what you're doing. And then they're running for me. Anyways, they're running a big tour around the world. So I'm like, amazing. They, yeah. they listened for two days and they're teaching me cause they've learned something, whatever uh -huh. it's going to be. And you get to pass that along. So I'd imagine if one of your artists goes number one, uh, yeah, you know, you're going to be ecstatic. So yeah, exactly. So. Well, I appreciate you joining me today, man. That's uh, you know I've been uh, trying to you know connect for a while, yeah, so we, th I think it's I think it's really great uh, that you made the time, and I really appreciate. Oh, you, I was uh, looking forward to it. I saw I suck I couldn't make it work earlier, and uh, I think we we could both. I think we were both busy. Oh man, it's <laughs> it's been one thing after another. Uh, okay, so uh, vibe recordings. Uh, you told me today that you're still getting your uh, your social media game together. Maybe yeah, after um, this interview, you'll have a website and the whole thing to go to. But vibe recordings is where people can find you uh, on Instagram, correct? And uh, yeah, where else can can people find you? Uh, Danik three four I think is my Instagram personal and like um, it's all this. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> Okay. I'm really bad at posting stuff, but there's a few posts here and there, and I'll try to try to keep it up a little bit when something cool yeah. happens. But, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, the studio just keeps me too busy to post stuff. My, our drummer, like, he, he says, you should post more. I'm like, yeah, just can't post something you played. Ah, I don't know. I'm not that guy. <laughs> well, know. please say hi to the fellows for me. Uh, it's will. been a long time to see them, but uh, Mike, uh, Brad, and Dale, uh, miss y'all. Yeah. A great Great, great bunch of guys, and um, and I had a, an absolute blast. This is one of my best touring experiences I've ever had. That's so awesome. we had one, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's uh, Derek Tapel, Emerson Drive, Vibe Recordings.
winning all the things, still trying to make it. Yeah, yeah. still trying. Jury's out. Jury's Every out. Day. But uh, appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks for joining oh, me this thanks, week. Thanks, bud. Oh, good. Good. To, thanks for having me. No problem. Stick around for a minute, and uh, we'll right. wrap this up. So. As you can tell, my friends, it's been uh, been a journey for him, and he keeps kind of you know going through and and trying trying to get a number one song and trying to you know your your, your goals and your dreams and things kind of change as life progresses. Uh, but I think the trajectory's uh, doing real well for him uh, as it goes. But um, congrats to him and uh, and the fellows and all the success. Ah, this has been a fun couple of weeks so far. And next week it continues uh, with my good friends, Luke Doucette and Melissa Cullen from Whitehorse, One of my favorite Canadian bands um, in the land. She's got one of my favorite voices in the land. He's got one of my favorite guitar tones and songwriters in the land. It's just, a, it's going to be a great chat and I'm very excited to, uh, to have them on finally uh, and share that band with you and to my listeners around the world. Uh, we got more coffee coming up. I got Tim Wenbo returning to the show, one of the best roasters in the world. Uh, and he's kind of come back on. He's given me some time, which is amazing. And still one of the most downloaded episodes on the history of this show. Yep. Coffee. But hey, I keep getting asked to come back to that. Plus, as I mentioned, we're going to have uh, more experiences that I've had along the way. I, I've, I've discovered through my journey different kind of people that are when I'm touring, they either keep me entertained on tour, whether it be through something I found on TikTok or something that's gone viral online. And I've kind of reached out to a few of them about their rise to going viral and some of the things that's keeping me entertained. And I'm going to bring some of them into it as well, as well as uh, my friends from the Sober app are on the way uh, that are going to talk about their brand new app about uh, helping people in the sober world, as well as you guys know, I haven't I've been drinking for about three and a half years and touring without it, which has been a lot of, uh, a lot of fun actually, and very interesting change over the course of my career. And, uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff on the way. So I really appreciate you listening. That's the Brenton on tour podcast for another week. Uh, I will be back next week with Whitehorse. uh, find all things Emerson drive online, Danny Capel online. And, um, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks everybody. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.